0: This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Routing Wonk, J one Alex Hanna, and Wabbit Magic. Want to find out how to become one of the names listed? Go to patreon.com slash Wscottis1 to find out how. Hi, I'm Wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Jurassic Park.
1: Oh! Uh-oh, we found another movie Willie hasn't seen. This calls for an intervention. A oh, cinema Fashion. Best of popcorn
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Vention Podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Jurassic Park, which my guest has seen before. She is a Sims streamer on Twitch.television and is a self-proclaimed podcaster's girlfriend. I'm so excited to welcome Stephanie Cafferty on the show. Steph, good to have you.
2: hi Hi, well, Thanks for having me. And yes, when you say that I've seen this movie before, I've seen it uncountable times.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. No that that's what we that's what we like to see on the show. So uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me. And I'm excited to talk about Jurassic Park. And I hope you folks at home are uh, are ready to listen because here we go. Uh, Jurassic Park is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors. And you can stream it on Peacock Premium, which is five bucks a month if you're a Comcast and Cox subscriber, and ten bucks a month otherwise. Uh, Jurassic Park was released by Universal Pictures on June 9th, 1993. It's our first 90s movie. They've been all 80s movies up until this point.
2: Oh, Uh, is it your first 90s movie? Yeah. For growing up a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The movie was directed by Steven Spielberg and stars Sam Neill. Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenberg, which we'll talk about in a minute. I did not know this.
2: And Attenborough.
0: S- Attenborough. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. not the the, the British type. <laughs> and Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson. Uh, the movie had a budget of 63 million and has made one billion dollars in theaters over the many re releases it's had in theaters. Uh, Steph, when was the first time that you saw this movie, though?
2: So I was like five years old when this movie first came out. So I definitely, my parents definitely didn't want to bring a five-year-old to watch monster movies in the theater. So um, (laughs) I didn't actually see Jurassic Park until Lost World came out on VHS, which was in 97. So I was nine years old and fell in love with it. Nightmares and all. And yeah, I mean, raptors are scary. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah yeah Uh,
2: and big giant dinosaurs popping their heads into your car is scary (laughs)
0: yeah yeah
2: so yeah and no ever since like the first time I watched it I just fell in love with it and gobbled all the movies up as much as I could and just never stopped watching them I think my mom actually took the VHS tape away from me because I was wearing it out (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> That's how often I was watching it. And I am dating myself. Yeah. Well, did you like have VHSs growing up? Like I actually did. Something? No. <laughs>
0: uh our family when we uh when when we when I was growing up, we had VHS tapes. Um of course I grew up in a very uh, Christian home, so it was a lot of veggie tales uh VHS tapes <laughs> back in the day.
2: <laughs> yeah. My my mom was weird. She would let us watch like lethal weapon movies growing up, but she would always pause before like the nudie scenes and <laughs> like and and kick us out during like the the big bad fighting scene so like i don't my my growing up my film education was very
0: weird those are the <laughs> but best we, parts though
2: yeah, they, <laughs> they are but as like a 10 year old you don't want your mom want, letting you watch a sex scene like come on well
0: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> it's a little awkward
0: yeah i guess i could see that <laughs>
2: yeah. But no, yeah, no. Between Jurassic Park and Lost World, and Jurassic Park three, a little, little less so. Um, that was pretty much my childhood, and it like segued into my love for all monster movies. Mm. So, yeah, okay. I just love them.
0: No, that that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, before we uh, before we talk about uh the uh the movie here, I just wanted to go over um a little bit of the behind the scenes uh, production of this because there's a lot of. Um, There's a lot of great uh, details that Steven Spielberg um, has done with this movie to make it sound and uh, look really good. And oh, yeah. Oh, it's being blurred by the Skype filter. (laughs) But uh, but you've got uh, what is that? Is that the original Jurassic Park book?
2: This is the OG first edition (laughs) from 1990 that Michael Crichton wrote.
0: Oh, that's yes. awesome. Look at that.
2: So, and I actually, so this was Kent's, and I didn't actually read it until recently. And I have to say, this changed my perspective on Michael Crichton. And the fact that he actually wrote this book, and then a year later, was in production writing the screen, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, the screenplay. Yeah, the screenplay for yeah. the movie and the, there's so many details that he changed and like even to the point where as soon as they like casted uh david or Richard, i was gonna say david richard <laughs> attenborough um as hammond they actually changed his character like 100 like he's an asshole in this book <laughs> mm. like to the point where like his death at the end of it by a raptor like you're just like whatever like it doesn't matter (laughs) because he deserved it like he wanted his grandkids left alone and died and left in the park to die like they didn't care but very opposite of what the movie is where like all hammond wants is his grandkids back safe
0: so yeah yeah
2: it it surprised me so much the actually looking at the scope of the timeline book was published in 1990 by 1991 he was writing the screenplay screenplay for spielberg it was a movie and it's like how can you take these characters and turn them into that in such short period of time yeah like that's that's really impressive yeah Yeah.
0: um but uh yeah you had a note about uh the the music and the sound effects in the movie um
2: yeah (laughs) so i i i am that kind of person i get very emotional when i watch movies or tv shows like if someone's crying on screen about something that's bad going on or someone's it's a death scene i've i will bawl and i will cry every single time i watch it i've seen infinity war and end a gazillion times and i still bawl my eyes out every single time <laughs> like i know <laughs> what's coming, but i'm gonna cry yeah but like sound effects just get you right in the heart so like the sound effects for the animal noises particularly for the t-rex and the raptors just anytime i hear like if i quote hear it in the wild like i can hear the like the lion roar and like the elephant mixture of it just like get you and you're like yes (laughs) yeah And so I thought they did really well with the not overdoing the roars, but also like the placement of the music. Yeah. It's not like there's music playing through the entire movie. It's very specifically like, okay, we're not gonna play music until we're driving up and then suddenly we stop. And we're like, we should be seeing something here soon. And then the music hits and you're just like, excitement, excitement, excitement. Yeah. So I really think they did a Really good job with the sound effects in these movies, not just Jurassic Park, but all of them so far.
0: Yeah, and and John Williams is amazing composer too. Like, absolutely amazing, and like the the, that soundtrack is so iconic too. Like, Mm -hmm. such a such a big play. Um, and I and I had a note here. Uh, uh, Raz J did some uh, research. Uh, for for us here. Um, and, uh, he, he said about, he was talking about, uh, Spielberg, uh, and he intended to have all of the, um, all of the dinosaurs, all the animatronics, uh, like, have them all be animatronics, uh, but he, he couldn't because of the, uh, budget and the technical limitations, particularly, um, with the, uh, T-Rex, um, they had trouble, uh, because there's a lot of rain, um, in a lot of the scenes, which we'll get into, um, a little bit later um and they had to dry it constantly between shots and um the scenes uh that they couldn't capture really that great they fixed with CGI and i know that when we talked about um the uh, CGI uh on ET with Kent um i know that uh the CGI uh in the uh, re-release of ET was just like god awful just terrible yeah <laughs> Whereas, I
2: mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no offense to like Spielberg or anyone who goes back and tries to to fix the things that they have in their movie that they just can't get with either props or animatronics. Um, going back and doing CG in the eighties, and the nineties, and even in the early two thousands, if, if we look back and look at those movies released in the early two thousands, some of that CG it, it it just really pulls you out of the movie, and it's really unfortunate but absolutely the T-Rex was like something like 20 feet tall and she weighed like 17,000 pounds or something. Like she was a big girl and the security risk of having an animatronic that big. And like you said, in the rain, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, no. And, and, and to be fair, like the things that they did fix with CGI didn't notice at all, which is, which is great. Um, and um and i'd say this is definitely a better uh better representation of that than perhaps the um the one with et um yeah,
2: yeah i think they learned their lesson <laughs> yeah
0: yeah 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 Bearing in mind too like the, i think the the re-release for that was in 2002 this is 93 so so yeah i mean i don't know uh i don't know what they did uh with et i mean ET I mean ET is just like better. Like I, I I think without the CGI, like it's just a better story if it's not CGI, you know? Yeah. But yeah.
2: That's that's the thing too. It depends on the on the movie and the story you're trying to tell. Whereas this like Jurassic Park is really a story about this entrepreneur who wants to open a theme park with what he calls dinosaur clones. And you have to have that, you have to see the dinosaurs. Like whereas E.T., like you can kind of like hide behind the blanket a little bit and not see the alien at all times. Yeah. So it's to me it's very different. They're they're two very different movies, two very different driven things. So the CG is definitely more important in Jurassic Park than it yeah. is in E.T. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um And, and going, uh, speaking about, uh, Jurassic Park and the story, I mean, uh, with, uh, with Grant and Ellie there, um, I feel like this story in a way is, I mean, of course it's, it's about the park and it's about all the T-Rexes, of course, but I feel (laughs) like the, there's like the main side story, I guess, so to speak, it's not even really a side story. It's kind of a main plot point about, um, Grant and Ellie, um, because you know we get to the uh, beginning scene uh where they discover the pod and then um and then after we uh get through to that scene we go over to where they're excavating in Montana um and they are like the experts in the field um i think they ex- excavated a um velociraptor um yep. when they were uh when they were doing the digging they were digging
2: uh, when- a raptor and yeah they uh got a, nicely interrupted by a helicopter. Can you imagine like yeah. just, just digging spending months cuz in reality like when you're digging up fossils it takes months of work to try to like chip away that rock that doesn't include calcium and then to have just this jackass with a helicopter come in and just cover all your work.
0: <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, and 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 you can tell that like they are not interested at all and they're kind of just like what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> you know, uh, like, be-
2: who are you? Who the heck are you? Who do you think you are? And then when they realize, oh, my name's John Hammond, and then they're like, oh shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he basically, uh, he basically wants their, um, their seal of approval on this, um, mm-hmm. uh, on this park. And he's like, I can fund your dig for the next three years if you come along and, uh, and it's like it's hard to say no to that right like Mm. yeah
2: any anyone in their right mind especially in the field of like archaeology or anthropology um paleontology all the ologies i mean you're never you're never gonna turn down funding and say oh no we can do this on our own like no that's not a thing no one's gonna ever turn down funding especially from someone who is john hammond who's probably one of the most wealthiest people in this universe yeah that dress is yeah yeah no and and uh
0: and and i wanted to talk about because i in my doing my research for this i noticed that there was there seems to be a lot of uh conflicting opinions about um grant and ellie's relationship here um yeah because uh because they're because the whole point in the movie like there's there's this kind of like side story where um where uh grant is like taking care of the um of uh john Hammond's grandkids who are who are also part of on that tour um and it almost seemed to me like um that ellie want uh, like it seemed to me first of all that ellie and grant were were an item basically right like they were there
2: in the movie yeah because like even that first scene we were talking about when they were digging up the raptor and then they were like they get called over by someone to go do something and they sorry they uh kind of pan into this scene and it's literally their arms around each other and grant is grabbing ellie's ass (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's 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 like a split second thing but it happened and it and it establishes that to me at least even at like nine years old like oh they're together, like that's what it is, because that's how like my mom and dad like would hold each other every once in a while and put their arms around each other. My dad would be cheeky and kind of smack my mom's, but like mm-hmm. as a nine year old, that's normal that couples do. So
0: right, yeah. <laughs> to me, it
2: was kind of obvious, and even going through the movie, like having uh Grant kind of get jealous if uh, when Ian Malcolm, Doctor Ian Malcolm's character, you know, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, um, would. Get kind of flirty with Ellie and like start like fiddling with her hair and like do little little intimate things that it's like, your dog, like back off my territory. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Although there were certain there were some points, though, where um where Malcolm was doing that. Right. And but yet yeah, Grant didn't seem to notice at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think Grant's just a lot of a lot of oblivious and a lot of like just. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can, yeah, you can go on a whole thing. But yeah, in, in the book, like, yeah, Dr. Sadler wasn't dating Grant. Like, yeah, she had her own separate life and relationship. And so, yeah, like the trauma of it did bring them together towards the end of the book. But they were never more than just like professional friends or assistants, you know, like, yeah, none of that. So.
0: Yeah, no. And <laughs> yeah, and when I and and when I was doing the research, I saw like a Reddit thread cuz cuz yeah, when I was watching the movie, I thought it was pretty obvious that they were together. Apparently not so because there's a there there is apparently a debate uh between you know if they are together or not, which I would say that they are. But yeah, like you said in the book, um it's completely different. And and I think I think you it it helps with the story, I think in this instance. For the movie, just because, um, you know, Grant is gets to be like. For lack of a better term, a father figure to these kids while they're going through the movie and it's essential to the plot, I feel, you know,
2: it it definitely changed. So, like, if you remember, like, it, it was within the first five minutes of the movie where the the chubby kid was talking about like the raptor it's a turkey that's not scary like what are you talking about and yeah. then grant like, basically talks about like well here's what these raptors would actually do to you in real life they're gonna cut you here and they're gonna cut you down here which by the way he they don't show it on camera but like he basically cut the kid's groin <laughs> and then he's like, oh then i'm gonna like cut across your entrails and then they'll eat you alive <laughs> and then the like next conversation of Ellie being like dang if you wanted to like scare the kid you could have pulled a gun on him and then Grant's <laughs> just like I freaking hate kids like yeah. what is going to happen and and then yeah just seeing the progression of him turning into that father figure that protector like he got the kids through this park through this terrible time in their lives and to the the very last scene of them in the helicopter together just laying on it and Grant's totally cool with it and loves having those kids with him. Yeah, like, I think it's an amazing character yeah. element.
0: Yeah, no, I that 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 was that was a very good uh point in the story. I I I liked that um a lot. Speaking of what we liked, uh, <laughs> uh let's go over a few things I that we liked and didn't like about this. Uh, that that movie they showed in the theater, <laughs> we we were commenting on the watch party, like because I have a watch party for each of these movies. And the the movie that they showed in the theater was just so cheesy. It was so bad.
2: Okay. It took me a hot minute because when I first read that, I was like, wait, is he talking about like the theatrical release? Because I didn't think they re-released Jurassic Park mm. with special effects or anything like that. So it took me a hot minute and I was like, oh, he's talking about Mr. DNA. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, to be fair, I could have worded that better, but yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, the the whole lake, there's, there's a few points in the movie that they do little things like that where it just kind of takes you out of it. But I think it just was more along the lines of like, okay, we have a lot of science, geeky, nerdy sh- stuff that we want to get through people's head. Mm-hmm. And here's the cutest, easiest way to do it. Like as a kid, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. As adult, yeah, I was like, are we done with this part? Yet?
0: <laughs> but all but also <laughs> it's like they look cute now until they're uh until they're eating your face off. <laughs> 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 then it's not so fun anymore. <laughs> yeah,
2: no. And notice they didn't put any uh carnivores in that movie. It was just it was just the mm. bronchiosaurus, brachiosaurus.
0: Yeah, know, whatever Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely and uh we'll 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 talk about this uh, a little bit later on but um um nedry (laughs) is that how you say it nedry
2: nedry yeah so dennis nedry um so when he when he was meeting dodson um the guy he was playing espionage with for the alternate alternate company to get the embryos so that they can you know be you know, leagues ahead of Ingen, which is the company that that created Jurassic Park, that is owned by John Hammond. And when the guy, when he opens the the um, shaving cream can, and it pops out, and there are little spots where you can put the vials, Nedry um does this like laugh, this like exhaling, like.
1: hey, <laughs> <laughs> and like
2: I, I can't do it. And I wish I had a clip of it just to be like, here it is. Like because yeah. anyone who hears it, like you, you know, everyone has their laugh. Like <laughs> yeah, and he yeah. does have that. But he had that squeak, and I can never like get over it because it's just there. <laughs> and he did it. And I swear they probably were like, oh, we should cut that out. But Spielberg was like, no, we're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this.
0: Yeah totally. No, we'll we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about Nedry a little later. But uh there it, it I will say like it took me um rereading a uh, plot summary on IMDb for me to completely realize his role in the movie. And I yeah. and we'll talk about it a little bit later, yeah, but we'll but yeah. But that but yeah, that was I I knowing what I know now after reading that, I was just like Okay. Yep. Yep. This guy. This guy.
2: Yeah. Like
0: this guy. Am I right?
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, for granted. Like, I'll give you. I'll give you a pass. At nine years old, I didn't get that he was a spy. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was nine, so <laughs> you only get you somewhere. Know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah. And uh,
0: they. Uh, th- this part was all was also kind of weird to me too because. They they say they have control over um all the sex of the dinos. They're all female. Um at least that's what we think, right? That's what they yeah. that's what they tell us at the beginning, you know, like they can never they can never procreate. Like they are by themselves. Popula-
2: population control is one of the security measurements at Jurassic Park. There is no unauthorized breeding. And yes, I literally just quoted Dr. Wu. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah no, but um when grant discovers that uh that they um uh it, it, the, the way that I understood it is that they are that they're basically able to like change their sex basically, and that's how they're uh breeding and like how 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 that like they've got scientists working in there like i I don't know like I felt like they should have known this, you know like I don't know
2: hey, I- I thought it was a massive leap as well. The whole like, because they do in the the film they showed the tr- quote training film um, that you loved so much. They uh, <laughs> did, did say that they use you know amphibian DNA to fill the holes of the gaps for the dino DNA um which also doesn't make them actually technically dinosaurs it just makes them theme park monsters at this point that kind of look like dinosaurs but i mean mm. moving past that that doesn't that's not mentioned until the third movie so um <laughs> yeah but the so much of it is too like scientifically speaking like how much in nature just does randomly pop up that's not like scientifically proven just yet so The reach of like a paleontologist saying that, oh, my God, amphibian DNA, there are some frogs that can change sex in a, you know, all male or all female environment so they can continue to breed, which is true. There are animals that can do that. But the fact that they're putting it along with the dinosaurs, I thought was a little stretch. Yeah. But it was also in the book as well. So it wasn't like it totally like. Blindsided anything? So,
0: sure, yeah, yeah, but uh I got to I got to pour one out here because <laughs> that cow in the beginning, not the cow. It's
2: I'll... gonna it's gonna pour one out for the cow. There you go. <laughs> I totally, I totally made sure that was plucked because like, no, don't do it. <laughs> um, okay, the cow, yeah, the cow grossed me out simply because like it happened, and then the next scene was them being fed sea bass um i don't eat seafood at all (laughs) i don't
0: either yeah
2: yeah the fact that they they mutilated the cow the raptors did uh ate the cow and then they went to their dinner and it was oh chili and sea bass and i'm just like gross but i i i might want to one-up you on it i thought the cow's death was short and sweet he screamed for only like 10 seconds maybe
0: okay um
2: yeah, it took the raptors longer to eat them, but the cow stopped screaming at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, the goat, I think, had it worse.
0: <laughs> okay. Because
2: that, that goat was put out to be bait for the T-Rex, and that goat was out there for hours and hours in the rain as well. Like, it just, mm. <laughs> I was like, a poor thing was just laying there, and then he was standing there, and he was like, oh my god, it's raining, but I'm chained to this spot, so I can't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: yeah so
2: i the cow had it more gruesome the goat was yeah quick and painless when he finally did get eaten but he took so long to get there that it's like mm. how do they treat their animals like <laughs> if, I if mean, they're not reptilian based they don't care
0: yeah exactly that's exactly what i was gonna say yeah like they have they, the all they care about is the dinosaurs like every mm-hmm. all the other animals can just f off like Pretty you much. know
2: <laughs> pretty much and it's actually so like going back like a little little going back the difference between like the book and the movie in the book if i'm remembering this correctly and i'm really sorry if i'm remembering this incorrectly but if i'm remembering correctly isla Nubar was populated like it had a human village and people lived on the island and so like one of the first like security breaches were the dinosaurs escaping and attacking babies in the Whoa. villages and so that's when they realized, like, okay, we have some real concerns about security for this park. And that kind of led into bringing people in, experts, to to figure out what's going on and to fix it. So just the fact that that, that little difference, too, like, all the deaths in the Jurassic Park movie were people who were either uh, employed by the park or brought in you know for that security check because lawyers and insurance and investors
0: sure yeah um, yeah
2: cuz i mean yeah hooray, the lawyer died that's all i can say <laughs> uh, but yeah just just that subtle difference that poked out to me that it, if in the movie it i think it would have been very different if they had the actual village on the island with them and having yeah. that happen so the way that security would have been ran, I think, would have been very different.
0: Yeah, yeah, no the the security uh, the security is definitely questionable, to say the least.
2: <laughs> the least, the very bare minimum we can talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we mentioned it earlier about uh, about the rain coming in. Uh, we meant um, we were talking about how um, they're like they're on this tour, right? They eventually put them on the tour. They they get to see everything. It's kind of uneventful for the first couple of minutes, right? Because nothing really happens. Yeah. And then uh and then the uh um <laughs> the uh the scientists who are there uh with John Hammond are like, There's a tropical storm coming. We're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to cut the tour short. And he's just like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Um
2: that was actually his his game warden. I actually told him that. Sorry. Um, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've seen it so many times that, yeah, it was the it was the stereotypical um, game warden from from Kenya who who was John's uh, guy was on the phone with like, oh, yeah, that the, the storm isn't turning and it's not dissipating. And actually today when I watched it again, um, I did hear in the background as the game warden was talking and john Hammond was still speaking but you can still kind of hear the game warden it was talking about having like a uh, 30 to 40 mile an hour winds which i guess with a tropical storm with rain and being on an island is very different but me i heard that and i'm like that's every day in el Magordo. like right? that's every day in the city that i live in like we're literally in a wind warning right now because we got 40 to 50 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 70 miles an hour <laughs> and i'm like yeah. this is normal for us so like I guess in the starting stages of a park that you're trying to set up like this, I guess it's very different when you have a tropical storm and you have people that you have to ferry off the island. Because yeah. like the only people that were left on the island were was the the three doctors, the grandkids, the lawyer, um, the two IT guys, uh, including Sam Jackson and uh Nedri and uh, the game warden. So there was like nine people yeah. <laughs> left on the island at the end of the day. So that true skeleton crew was yeah. in there. So I guess they took it serious enough to be like nope, everyone out. Like leave everything, don't even bother like packing up like your secu- top secure stuff that you have to keep from the other companies like
0: right. Well yeah, and and, so and I bad. and I feel like the like they they said that it was a tropical storm and yet to me it just seemed like a regular like like right. a regular it just seemed like a regular storm that would be like out here in my backyard you know what i'm saying yeah. like for me like i i just thought that like the storm would be more of a plot point than it was um but it seemed to me like it was just used to add more like intense moments yeah. to the the movie right
2: yeah it made it more theatrical and i think probably someone was kicking themselves in the foot later on when they did realize that they had to film the t-rex scenes in the rain <laughs> yeah because <laughs> scenes that should have only taken like really like what two weeks to do ended up taking them two to three months to do
0: <laughs> yeah yeah because
2: the animatronic like you said earlier They kept having to pause and dry it off and turn the rain off. And suddenly you have like a two, three month shoot where you've got kids that are, you know, under the ages of 18 and 16. And you have laws that they can't do overnight shoots so many times. And like it it, total fiasco. And I was shocked. But the payoff (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the best scenes in the movie are in that like little five, 10 minute section of the T Rex breaking out. Like the first time you turn over and look and see the little T Rex with his little claw. I can't do a T Rex arm there. Little, little <laughs> claw just like holding on to the, the wire fence, realizing that the electricity's out. And it's like from Grant's and the rest of their point of view, they think the power just went out. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was actual sabotage. Because I mean it makes sense. They're in a tropical storm that the car goes out. But yeah, no. I well worth it, but pr- from a production standpoint and from a plot standpoint, yeah. The only thing it really helped was just kind of push the plot along, make it more threatening and menacing, and just make production more hellish. Yeah. I
0: was that. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if there was some people in the crew that were just like, Really had to add this to the movie? Really?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, if you're working with someone like Steven Spielberg, you kind of have to assume that it's going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, they're saying it silently. They're not saying it out loud. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. No, they don't, say it. they don't say it to anyone's face. And they won't even dare, like, whisper it on set because Spielberg hears all he is God on set. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of that uh, that security risk with the whole um, override button, um, (laughs) it's like you have an override button that just turns off everything like just one button turns off everything. Like, yeah, that seems like a hole in your security, you know, like.
2: I mean, it to me, I, it makes me wonder because they were still in the opening stages of the park. They still had so many dinosaurs that they were still hatching that we'd even saw like a velociraptor be born. So it makes me wonder, like, how close were they to actually finishing the, the facility to open for the public? Because even like they mentioned like Nedry's desk was such a mess. But if you really pay attention and look, there's cables and wires just hanging from the ceiling down to like computers. And it's like, that's not how a working office should be set up. So it makes me wonder, like, was that a temporary thing that they just installed for no reason? Because you shouldn't have an override button that shuts everything down.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. No. And, uh, and, and, yeah, we were talking about Nedry before and like yeah, the the, sha- the shaving cream bottle was was interesting. Like I cuz cuz I saw the the shaving cream bottle. It was kind of on it, it, like towards the end of the movie Nedry like is trying to like fix stuff, you know. Um mm-hmm. and um and he drops the shaving cream which I've been told by the way uh that that is significant for future movies. No spoilers for future movies, but that's what i've heard but um but while i was doing research um <laughs> i wondered uh i wondered um you know like i knew there was some significance for, of it but like i couldn't figure out why they kept cutting back to the shaving cream bottle and then um and then yeah like we mentioned earlier it took me a while to realize i had to read the plot summary on imdb uh, to realize that Nedry um, was actually a spy working for the rival company, I did not know this. Um, and so, like the reason why this he disabled the security system is so that he can get those um, DNA extracts and you know basically send them over.
2: Well, they were actually they were actually the embryos. So it was yeah, legit the embryos. Yeah, embryos that they would end up putting into emo eggs. Sorry, I am. Yeah.
0: No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And you've seen
2: the movie so many times I have, you're just like, "No, no, you're <laughs> wrong, like it was actually this."
0: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh but it, but but it, like it makes so much more sense to me now as to why. Like cuz cuz yeah, I I thought it was a good movie in the sense of like all this action happening, right? Yeah. But I didn't realize that the action was because this guy was such an evil guy and wanting to do anything um anything right. possible to you know, to steal from John Hammond.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, and it really did come down to, yeah, the entirety of it. It does make me wonder if, if it was a different day, if Nedry just chose a different day to do this. And it wasn't the day that this storm was coming in. And it wasn't the day that they had the experts at the park and, and Hammond's grandchildren and the lawyer. Um Like, if he had chosen to do it three days after their visit, like how would things have panned out? Yeah. Just possibilities of, but what if, right. Of course they do, they do at the time. He's like, no, the perfect time I need to do it now. Like (laughs) let's have this done. Um, and yeah, it, it's interesting to see because like in, in Jurassic park, they seem to only really have two people running everything computer wise. So they have two it guys, um, Ray and Dennis, uh, who are played by Samuel Jackson and I can't remember the other guy's name. (laughs)
0: Uh, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can find the IMDB for it. I
2: feel actually kind of bad about what's your name, dude.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wayne Knight is play, um, plays, uh, Nedry. Yeah.
2: um, So when you have those two and you only have that skeleton crew running the entire uh, everything of the park, including the security, like you're just asking for that security question, especially since Hammond is constantly reminding Nedry like, hey, I don't blame people for their mistakes, but I do expect them to pay for them. And it's like just that opening of, well, you know, Hammond's not going to bail me out. So I'm just going to go into the next best guy and they're going to bail me out of whatever money troubles i'm having and so yeah hence why jurassic park fell
0: yeah but uh but but when i discovered that um that nedry was actually the the evil guy that needed to be stopped like it Mm -hmm. it it made me appreciate uh so much more Uh, this sounds really messed up the way i say it but it made me (laughs) appreciate the way nedry dies in the movie because like it's it's more about delivering that sweet justice uh to everything that's going on right because like
2: yeah because what
0: yeah sorry no no i was just gonna say because like yeah you you were you're kind of bringing it up as like what makes you think playing fetch with a Dilophosaurus is gonna make it go away it's not a dog (laughs)
2: Like, <laughs> I mean, like he's an IT guy. He has no like real interaction with real life, breathing things. I guess I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Like, as, as, just someone is, as someone who
0: is, someone who is in technolo- technology, all the time, and is dealt with IT people, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so if you were to come across a Dilophosaurus in, in the wild, you would want to play fetch with it too. Like, oh,
0: one hundred percent, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
2: oh I love it but yeah no I I adored like his death was probably like just that yes
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) yeah but it also makes me think like in future movies like so spoiler alert I'm sorry I do have to point this out and mention it Mm -hmm. Uh, in Jurassic World they actually do go back to Isla Nubar and they take over a portion of the island again and turn that into Jurassic World and throughout the pace of the movie, they do discover the remnants of the old buildings from Jurassic Park. So somewhere on that island is a jeep with Nedry's bones in it, <laughs> <laughs> with, with the body of a Dilophosaurus. Because I'm sure that I'm sure that Effort didn't figure out how to open the door. They ain't as smart as Raptors. Like,
0: yeah. Uh-huh. So
2: somewhere on that island, unless they found it and cleared it out because they never did bring it up. Cause I guess it's a little it is morbid. Like you don't want to come across any of like the yeah. you know, bones of all of that. Um but yeah, yeah. just thinking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so that death was sweet justice. But you know what mm-hmm. death wasn't for me? Gennaro. Like Gennaro <laughs> getting eaten while he's hunkered down in the bathroom. It's so hilarious, but I feel so bad for him, you know?
2: I I don't feel bad for him because he freaked out and left the kids. Like, that was my biggest thing. Like, he mm. saw the dinosaur, he saw the T Rex get out, he was like, oh, screw this, and ran and hid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's like, n- nah, bro, like, nope. <laughs> and so, the way he died when just when. Uh, Ian Malcolm was running and the T Rex's head knocked the building down perfectly, and everything fell down, including the two other toilets on either side. <laughs> yeah, except Not for the,
0: the one toilet person. that he was on. Yeah.
2: Except for the one person that Genaro was on, and it was just like, yes. And then it, I, yeah, it just, something <laughs> I mean, about Genaro's De death was just like.
0: So <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. At, at least he had his pants on. <laughs> yes, look
2: at that. He wasn't actually dropping one at the pool. He was legitimately just hiding and being a scaredy cat. And yeah. he died for uh-huh. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. The, and and it, I thought it was the perfect amount of comedy for like that death that it was like him just sitting there going. Uh, uh. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not a very good
2: actor. Like, I can't I can't make the uh, the sound effects and all that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of acting, um, Samuel L. Jackson's role. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I ne- I never want to be that guy that's just like, oh, Samuel L. Jackson shouldn't have gotten this role. Like, like I don't want to be that guy, right? Mm-hmm. But given all the other movies that I've seen with Samuel L. Jackson, like it, this was a weird, this was a weird movie to see Samuel L. Jackson in to me, right? cuz he was he was he was playing the role of one of the scientists/researchers slash researchers mm-hmm. there um and to me like to hit, like from to go from a bunch of movies like Shaft and um you know like uh, like uh, like all those movies where he's just like a badass right yeah and then and then to, hit, to see him do this role like it just seemed so out of place to me like is that just me or you know? I mean,
2: growing up as a kid, I wasn't ever really, like really exposed to a lot of the roles that Jackson was in simply just because a lot of the movies he was in weren't all that kid friendly. Sure. Um so he was odd in the fact that I kind of felt that it's one of those movies that's trying to get off of the ground. So you get that that well known actor for that small role. So people will come to the theaters to see that, Oh, Samuel Jackson's in it. Like, let's watch it. Um, Cause a lot of the other ones, like, I don't, I don't think the other people were all that well known. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a huge, like 90s, yeah. 90s movie person, but well, my, uh, like they've been in a couple other different movies, but not as like huge as a movie as this.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, Richard Attenborough was probably a good uh, like he—he he was probably a, a a good like pick if you want to bring people into the movie, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, you know, He's brother of David.
2: Well
0: known. Yeah, yeah, brother of David Attenberg. Yeah, so like, it, yeah, I. But yeah, you're right. Like, um, like the the people that played, um, the people that played the two scientists. Um, I'm blanking on their names now. Uh, Grant and Ellie. Like yeah no I had, I have I haven't seen them in a whole lot of other projects.
2: No, actually it it threw me off one hundred percent. Oddly enough, when we went and saw a Star Wars movie, and mm-hmm. we walked away from it, and Kent was like, "So what'd you think of Ellie being in the movie?" And I was like, "What? Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize it was the same actress. Like I did not." And I'm like,
0: yeah.
2: no, it wasn't. That wasn't. Admiral Holdor was not." Ellie from Jurassic Park. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> I um I
0: had a I had a like a somewhat uh different experience but in the same realm. Um we were talking about Shaft just a moment ago. We um yeah. we went and saw that movie um uh, 2 years ago now at Turtle Days and um that uh when I there is a particular shot and and where uh where one of the characters uh the 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 drug addict in that movie if you remember him i i he looked familiar to me and i couldn't exactly place the role on it until i checked his imdb and i realized oh I, he was on that kid show that i loved and to <laughs> see him on the like the big screen like i did not expect it at all and i was just like no really uh, but
2: <laughs> it's it's really interesting when those coincidental things will happen and you're just like well wait a minute like how did i not realize that before and what is going on that it made me not realize that yeah so no i th- i think it is cool and i think it's it is actually pretty funny when that when that kind of stuff happens yeah that <laughs> so you're just like wait hey, that that is that person yeah so
0: yeah yeah and uh, John John Hammond, um, th- 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 this is I did enjoy this scene. This is this has no like substance to it. I just found this funny. It's like all <laughs> hell is breaking loose outside, right? And then and then you see um Ellie um waltz into the gift shop, and John Hammond is just eating ice cream in the gift shop while all hell is breaking loose. It's like
2: it's like it it was melting, so I needed to eat it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like sure dude okay <laughs> yeah
2: that did make me laugh i was like what the heck but then like the entire story too of him just being like but we can do it better we have control and when we do this and i'm just like that quit get over yourself like mm-hmm. <laughs> like ellie spoke so much sense in that scene that it was like that slap in the face to him being like nah bruh. like you need to quit like yeah you, you already lost you're behind like you nope well yeah and, and, but it was a fun just the ultimately just the fact that he just was loose he lost it he was just like nope talk yeah. about his flea circus and everything like what well yeah and, about a circus when yeah. your grandchildren are die. <laughs> yeah and, and there's
0: and there's that one scene uh it, it was towards the end uh ellie is, um it goes to uh turn on all of the um the security points right but before she leaves um john hammond just is like well maybe i should go do it because i am and you are Uh, and then she's just like we i can give you a lesson in sexism after this
2: (laughs) yeah i think her exact quote is this we'll have a we'll have a discussion about uh survive sexism and survivalism at when i come back like (laughs) it's legit and that really does play into like this just this girl I, I hate saying girl power, but like just the fact sure. that like, I mean, it is it's girl power like women can do the same thing just as badass just as much as as the guys can do and in, in survival situations. And I mean, heck, it's been shown throughout all of the Jurassic Park movies that women are just badasses, <laughs>
0: right? Yeah. No, that was that was that was that was I I I laughed hysterically at that because that, that's so true, right? But like and yeah. so,
2: but would you would you even even if you were that like chivalrous woman that is like, oh yes, no, a man should be in that situation rather than me. So you mm-hmm. have the guy who nearly had his leg torn off, Ian Malcolm, right. hopped up on morphine. You're not going to send him. So you're going to send the seventy year old man, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: very like, true gonna
2: do this? like and the hunter's not gonna do the game warden's not gonna do it because he's gonna be hunting raptors so like what, what what's going on
0: yeah very so. good point yep um yeah. speaking of that too uh i know it would be a cardinal sin if i didn't mention uh lex who is uh who is one of the uh grandchildren of john hammond and i i did enjoy that um because Throughout the movie, she is uh, very much like, I, I would even, what, would, would, would I be correct in describing her as a, a nerdy type? Is that a good?
2: Yeah, and honestly, like, yeah, nerd and a whiny little bish.
0: <laughs> like, well, that too.
2: <laughs> the entire movie, but uh, honestly, it kept, like, her brother kept poking at her like, oh, you'd rather be in your room playing your computer games. And she's like, I'd rather be called a hacker.
0: yeah but uh but she she knows her unix because uh the system uh in in that computer room that's a unix and she's able to save the day and restore the security systems and unix man that that that, that's a that that's just a good line that's just a good nerdy line and i just absolutely loved it
2: i loved i loved the entire setup too that like uh alan and ellie are in the background like holding the door so the raptor can't get in and tim is literally just like running around like with his hands by his ears freaking out like pulling his hair and she just like scrolls up to the computer and sits down and starts fiddling with mouths and she's like oh, this is Unix. i know this <laughs> and it's like
1: <laughs> yeah this is
2: great this is perfect the entire movie lexi you were like kind of annoying and low-key, am not my favorite character. But as soon as you pop up into something that is in your comfort zone, like kudos. Like that is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so if, your strengths it, it, it's
0: almost like do. it's almost like she was able to save the role at that moment, right? Yeah. You know?
2: Well, I mean also a couple scenes before that when they were in the um kitchen when the kids were alone with the Raptors. Oh yeah, yeah. Um her hiding and using the reflection of the uh the
0: right yeah
2: to hide and then the raptor thought like the reflection was her and like she knocked him out and it was just like ah yes go legs even yeah. though she was like panicking and screaming which in all honesty like if you're being hunted yeah like I I don't think I would have survived uh, mm-hmm. my fat ass would have just sat down and been like okay just kill me now please because I can't deal with this anymore.
0: Yep same <laughs> same <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would have died a long time ago in the Jurassic Park world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that, that, that was, that was fantastic too. What's Mm -hmm. weird about that scene in particular too, is I, for some reason, I remember seeing that scene at another point. I I can't remember if it was like on the TV, like in a hotel or something, or like I saw the scene like on YouTube or something. But for some reason I had seen that scene in particular before I had actually seen the whole entire movie. And I don't even remember why. But that scene, it's like, I remember vividly as day, whereas the rest of the movie was just completely new to me.
2: I wonder if you would have seen it in like a progression of CGI documentary thing, because mm. I do know that seeing the full bodies of the raptors in different lighting, in difficult settings with the reflections and interacting with characters. So I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's that because yeah, they had, they had puppet feet for the close ups of the feet, but obviously when they're, when they're jumping around, you're not going to have an animatronic rafter jumping on the countertop. So obviously like most of that scene was CG. So maybe mm-hmm. that's where you saw it. Cause I've seen that. I've seen that scene a lot in different places, but I know exactly where it's from, you know, right. Movie in the world.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah, no. It, nice. For for some reason, in my mind, it's like it's it's. I I remember it was on some sort of like TV or some sort of like YouTube video, but I can't put my finger on it. But
2: did you did you accidentally watch Jurassic Park and not realize you watched Jurassic Park?
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> no, but I definitely remember it was that one particular scene. But I I, I don't I don't know. But but yeah. that's but that scene was like once I saw that scene again, I, it was just like. I, I loved that scene um, before I even saw the movie and to see it with the full context of the movie was just even better, right? It
2: was, yeah, it was very different. Yeah, I, I like it all. Like there's a lot of like awesome moments in Jurassic Park. Um, Like the last scene that you see the T-Rex and he's in the lobby and the, the he's roaring and the banner falls down and it's like dinosaurs will rule the earth <laughs> and it's just yeah. like that is just an iconic moment. Mm-hmm. And of course there's a lot of memorable mobile <laughs> thanks for the movie like yeah jungle. lots of <laughs> lots of gifts
0: that you can make out of that for sure
2: like i think the i think the funniest one that i've seen so far so you know when um Alan they, they run across the sick triceratops uh yeah, triceratops
0: oh yeah mm-hmm.
2: and Alan puts like his head on the belly and like you're breathing and he goes yeah in and yeah mm-hmm. so someone took Alan doing that, but then put him on the injured image of Jeff Goldblum breathing in and out. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like listening to Jeff Goldblum breathe and he's moving with it. And it's just like, I every time I see it, I laugh. Oh, so that's funny.
0: Because that's great.
2: It is just one of those movements like, bow down to the king of Jeff Goldblum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jeff Goldblum, I... I wanted to make an entire segment dedicated to Jeff Goldblum because As we,
2: it should be. Yeah,
0: cuz we've got <laughs> we've gone through this entire episode and there hasn't been a whole lot of Jeff Goldblum mentions. But it's fair to say that this movie kind of like made Jeff Goldblum Jeff Gold like it, it made him like a a star that everyone knew. Like like this movie is his movie, right?
2: I agree and by the <laughs> Sorry, I had to pause. Roz found the the gif that I was talking about and put it in Oh, in, in the,
0: the Discord. Chat. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm seeing that now. <laughs> oh, oh that's amazing. Oh my God. It's it's in the Discord if you want to see it. GameNightDiscord.com. In fact, I'm pinning this uh on the, on the Discord channel so you guys oh can see it.
2: God.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, that's amazing. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, no, it, it's fantastic.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> it's so much better seeing it rather than just remembering it. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, no, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I it, did Independence Day come out before this movie. I thought Independence Day came out after.
0: I don't know. Um, that's
2: the only other Jeff Goldblum movie that I've seen. and
0: yeah, no, Independence 96. Day.
2: Yeah, ninety six. Yep. Okay, so yeah, I did. So Jurassic Park came out first, and then Independence Day. But like, those are the only two movies that I've seen Jeff Goldblum in. Mm-hmm. I mean, besides Jurassic Park, Fallen Kingdom or Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, um, but he was still playing that same character of Doctor Ian Malcolm. So it's, uh, it's. I have to close Discord. I can't look at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this character that Jeff Goldblum plays, because I've seen him, I, I saw him do an interview with Fallon, right, on uh, on on one of the late night shows, and and like, is this just how he is naturally, or is he actually playing a character in this movie? No,
2: I from from like just watching him in Independence Day, watching him in Jurassic Park, and then like talking with other people about him, because like I said, those are the only two movies that I've seen Jeff Goldblum in. Um, that he is just that kind of person, <laughs> like right? he's not really acting like that's just how he talks. That's just how he is. Yeah. So you give him the lines, and he just makes it his own to include the uh uh life uh uh finds a way. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't
2: script, you can't script the uh uh uh's in there. He just does it on his own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. It's I like totally it's like they.
0: It, it, it's like they give it to a uh it, it's like they give lines to like a radio host and be like hey uh it, just read these lines in your voice yep.
2: <laughs> yep. Exactly, and i mean he acts pretty much the same way in lost world as well i mean we would learn more about his character development and everything in the second jurassic park movie which is called lost world um because it's, ba- it's about him <laughs> basically sure um and so we learn all about like some of his history and we meet his daughter and we meet his girlfriend and like, it just all, he's the same person, except he's slightly more serious in Lost World because now he's taking over the role of Alan Grant. Like he's the one who has to take the group and save the group from the dinosaurs. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, but- and, and he has, uh, Jeff Goldblum has so many, um, iconic lines, too, that are just like quoted all the time uh, when <laughs> when they get to the park he's like you did it you crazy son of a bitch you did it <laughs> you
2: <of> <laughs>
0: and it's it's I, I I have seen that line quoted so many times in like various memes and stuff it's amazing yeah. <laughs> and also like you <laughs> I think this is when um um Gennaro goes to the bathroom right He's like, when you gotta go, you gotta go.
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. I I thought that was funny too because it's like, oh, I wonder where he's going. He's like, when you gotta go, you gotta go.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: don't get me wrong. He was an asshole. Janara was an asshole. Oh yeah. But we're just gonna like leave that to the side and just let it be because he got his up and comings. He was death number two in the in the in the tally.
0: Yeah. We're good. And and it was so great seeing John Hamm because. Cause he's cause when he also when they're on the tour he like taps on the camera that's in the jeep and he's complaining about the tour.
2: Yeah. At some for, point for, in time, there will be dinosaurs on this tour, right? Sorry, for, the,
0: for those of you that are on the audio uh, podcast, uh, Steph definitely just um, waltzed up in front of the camera and just did an imitation of that. <laughs>
2: I can't help it. And yeah, Tim Beck in, in Discord chat, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, then, yeah. And, and then John Hammond is just like, I hate that man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he is. And and there's also another like really cool, like the, the relationship that John Hammond and and Ian Malcolm have is just so freaking hilarious. Yeah, (laughs) because John doesn't like him because he is kind of that trendy, you know, chaos theory scientist that a lot of your things that like, okay, are you really basing this on scientific, you know, facts and things like that? Um, But uh, there was one when they were in the bunker and John was trying to, like, hype himself up being like you know it's okay that the power is not back on because like disneyland when they opened none of the rides worked like it's totally fine (laughs) and jeff goldblum is like yeah john but if the pirates of the caribbean break down the pirates don't eat the tourists
0: (laughs) (laughs) so good
2: and it's like this just his witty wittiness of it just it makes it so much better and it is the fact that it is jeff goldblum it is so yeah. I'm sorry. i have to readjust my camera cuz i realized i tapped it <laughs>
0: <laughs> absolutely uh Ugh. but yeah, yeah jeff that- goldblum is amazing this movie is amazing uh before we before we wrap things up uh i i think i know what rating you're going to give thumbs up or thumbs down for this movie
2: oh like both thumbs up i love this mm-hmm. movie and will mm-hmm. forever love it and also if you guys want to know dominion so fallen jurassic world dominion the final jurassic movie will be coming out next fall
0: oh yeah okay so So and they have said that that's the final movie
2: they they said it's the final movie unless they star wars it and someone buys up the rights and they (laughs) read um but also like cool fact they at one point they had spent like 10 million dollars on sanitation things so that they could film during covid
0: oh okay
2: like they had budgeted this in there, and, like I saw that number, and I was like, "Holy crap, they are so dedicated to making this movie that mm-hmm. you spent ten million dollars on virus precautions,
0: yeah, yeah, I it was really cool i i and you definitely get that feeling after you watch that first movie you you definitely get that feeling of they're definitely wanting to make this a sequel, like <laughs> you don't just leave the park like destroyed the way it is and not have a sequel, right. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: yeah, definitely. All of them, yeah all All five are great. Obviously, like some are better than others. You know, Jurassic Park being up there as the best. Sorry, mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear my dogs. I do apologize. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um,
2: they just are jealous and want to join in and and because they they hate the Jurassic Park movies. They'll watch it with me, but they'll sit and cower in the corner, and then they'll snuggle with me when the, <laughs> so when the dinosaurs are roaring and when th- when things get real. Like they become real, you know, ninety pound lap dogs.
0: Absolutely,
2: but, I love it. but yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent thumbs up from me. What do you? What did you? What did you honestly think about it?
0: I I will give it a th- I will give it a thumbs up. I'll give it a thumbs up. I it, it was a fun movie and so many good moments. Um, we did get some, uh, feedback. If, if you want to email us in email at cinemavention.com. We got an email from flavored toothpaste. Uh, and he says, Hey, Will, I made a thing. You can use it on the next show or not. I'm not your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, and he put a little audio thing about, uh, princess bride. So, uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alert for princess bride. Uh, but I'm going to put that audio uh, in at the end for your enjoyment after we wrap up the show. Um,
2: Princess uh, is another great movie too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steph, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. It was so good to talk to you about this movie.
2: Thank you for for having me on literally my most favorite movie ever.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Tell the people uh, where they can find more of your work
2: uh so i occasionally stream i know we'll mention at the beginning of the uh the episode that uh, i am a simmer so i occasionally am on twitch and i am at twitch.tv slash sasien which is s-a-s-c-i-e-n-n-e and yes i think that is the first time that i have ever said that from memory correctly (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh man um i'm on twitter as well the same at sasien and uh but mostly you can find me in the ritual misery podcast world so if you follow Kent or Amos dot ritualmisery.com yeah i'll probably show up there too
0: <laughs> yeah fantastic and uh and yeah i it just i'd appreciate it if you stop putting me in freezing cold pools that'd, that'd be <laughs> that'd be really nice
2: <laughs> it's not my fault that you can't survive what <laughs> One third of the other population survived. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, uh, j- w- watch, watch one of uh, of Steph's sim streams, and you'll see why I uh, why I said that.
2: <laughs> I, I I have an issue with being a sim god, mm-hmm. and they all have to die in pools. All
0: <laughs> of them absolutely it's
2: hard i find it hard to keep sims alive just because i want to kill them all. i have a complex am i a psychopath we don't know yet
0: (laughs) but uh if you want to find out s-a-s-c-i-e-n-n-e uh i'm doing a watch party for each of these movies that we review on the show if you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners i stream it live over on my twitch twitch.tv slash w scott is one is the place to be I'm also live every Wednesday and Friday night doing all sorts of games and fun. But if you can't make it to the watch party, we have got the watch party available afterwards to supporters on Patreon exclusively over at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Again, if you have any thoughts about the movie we discussed today, you can uh, send your feedback at gamenightdiscord.com. Just look for the Cinemavention channel. Uh, you can send an email over at email at cinemavention.com just like flavor toothpaste did. Uh, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, uh, we I encourage you to give it a five-star review on any on the podcatcher of your choice, but mainly iTunes because iTunes reviews matter. Um <laughs> <laughs> Cinemavention.com is the place to go to find all the places that you can subscribe as well as to see all the previous movies we have discussed on the show. Uh, Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at Incompetech.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Jackie Hearn is going to be my guest, and I can't wait for that movie. I hope you guys will be back for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you next time.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Hi friends, Flavor Toothpaste here. There were a few misconceptions about the original novel, so let's be that guy with a little Princess Bride movie trivia. Or book trivia, I guess. Look, I've tried to do this three times with three different movies, and this is the only one I finished. The Princess Bride novel was written by American author William Goldman and published in 1973. Much like the movie, the book itself uses a framing device where the movie uses the frame of a grandfather reading the book to his grandchild. The book goes with the conceit that William Goldman is abridging a much longer work by fictional author S. Morgenstern. Goldman explains in his fictional backstory that his father read The Princess Bride to him as a child, and he had such a fondness for the story that he wishes to read it to his own son. After a painstaking search for the book, and gifting the book to his son, He is heartbroken to learn that his son stopped reading after the first chapter. Goldman reads the book for himself, and discovers that the book isn't the adventure novel his father presented it as, and was actually a political satire about Morgenstern's home of Florin, and his father was reading all the quote-unquote good parts. After this, Goldman decides to adapt the work into the version he remembers his father reading to him and cutting out all the politics. Of course, the real story is that the book is based on stories Goulburn told to his daughters when they asked for stories about princesses and brides. Until his death in 2018, Goulburn would receive letters and other correspondence to requesting the original S. Morgan book, which, unlike the rodents of unusual size, doesn't exist. Bonus trivia! Kerry Elwes is a ridiculously pretty man. Okay, actual bonus trivia. The countries of Florin and Gilda are named after old gold coins from Italy and the Netherlands. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>